across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or at the web. VeteransRadio.org is our new URL, VeteransRadio.org. Where we're on the web 24-7, you can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.org. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at LegalHelpForVeterans.com We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today a United States Air Force veteran, Crystal Wiggins. Crystal, welcome to Veterans Radio. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. Well, this is going to be a great uh, discussion because we're talking to, uh, you know, a a girl who grew up in Texas, joined the Air Force for eight years, uh, did some education, and has a really cool job, which is the focus of what we're going to finally get to, which is she's the Veterans Program Manager at the Columbia Center for Urban Agricultural's Veterans Urban Farm. That's a mouthful. We'll break it all down. But it is. Crystal, how did a nice girl like you from Texas end up in the Air Force? Oh, gosh. You know, I just didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, and I, I I had it pretty well as a kid, uh, middle class, had everything I needed. I had great parents, still have great parents. Um yeah, let's, let's let's get that clear, just, right? <laughs> yeah, they were and are great. We're definitely going to listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just didn't know what I wanted to do, and I I've always been fairly um, I don't know, just um, wanted to be out on my own. I wanted to travel. I wanted to be able to take care of myself, and so um, you know, it's actually funny. I, I almost joined the Navy, actually. They're the recruiters that came to our classes first. And then my dad had been in the Navy, and he was like, no, you don't want to do that. And then the Air Force guy came by about another month later, and I was like, Dad, the Air Force sounds even cooler. <laughs> and so I ended up joining at 18. Um, and then right after high school, I uh, joined and went to basic training. Yeah. Well, Texas is a big Air Force area, and uh, uh, so that's probably a, some pull there as well. But, uh, you know, you were pretty typical in that you felt like, hey, I'm in high school. I'm not ready for college when I graduate. I don't know what I want to do, but I, I need to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. joining the Air Force yeah. allowed that. But 
Uh, I should point out, because we're not going to focus on this, but I want to mention it. You obtained your bachelor's degree from the University of Missouri at Columbia. Uh, you yes. are you are just shy of getting your master's in social work from the University of Missouri. Um, Correct. But it all kind of started with this kid who wasn't really, really ready for college by doing some community <laughs> college work. Tell us what you did. Yeah, so um, I did actually struggle all through school. Um, I I actually recently found out while I was in grad school that I had undiagnosed ADHD. So school was really hard for me growing up. Um, I struggled through it, but I, I did well. I still got my A's and B's, but I had to try really, really hard. And I just wasn't excited about college, so... Um, the Air Force sounded a whole lot better, more fun, give me some time to grow up and make some money and then have the GI Bill. So I went in thinking I'm going to do four or six years and then uh, get out. And then while I was in, I started changing my mind and I, I was really loving it. I I got my uh, I started taking classes to get my community college of the Air Force associate's degree in avionics. Um, systems technology and it wasn't that bad Um, I I realized that you know yes school is school but you know uh, I was taking you know one one or two classes at a time and I ended up knocking it out pretty quickly the classes that I needed um, to finish finish up getting that uh, associate's degree and then when I cross-trained into meteorology Um, the schooling was so long and I had all the other prerequisites already done. So boom, a second associate's degree, um, right after I finished all the upgrade training and everything like that, I had associates in meteorology. Um, so that, I think those two things really gave me the confidence that I needed to be able to get out of the air force to pursue my, um, passion for uh, management, for business, for leadership, all of those kind of things were the things that I loved the most about serving. And like most of us, you know, there's always good and bad supervisors and you learn a lot from both if you're smart enough. And um, I did that. And so when I got out, I, I had the vision that I wanted to eventually, you know, become an entrepreneur and um, be the leader that not just that people wanted, but that people needed. And so, um, yeah, I got my business degree. I graduated in May 2020 during COVID. So unfortunately, I didn't get my graduation ceremony. But that didn't stop me because about a, one year later, almost to, you know, almost exactly one year later, I came back and started my grad degree. Um, and I'm, I'm just a few classes shy of obtaining the uh, master's in social work. Well, I think it's a, a great story for veterans, uh, as they might tell their kids or grandkids, nieces and nephews, that, uh, you know, if you're not ready for college, the military may be the right way to go. And did you even know that they have a community college of the Air Force and all the other yeah. services have some something similar to aid in mm-hmm. That next step in education as people go along. So I wanted to highlight the Community College of the Air Force. No, I think that that's great, and I I love being a part of that story because it really has been uh, transformative for my life. Going from a girl that really struggled to to and you know even thought of myself as um, not smart uh, for most of my 
life up to, you know, within the past few years, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm not dumb. I, I just, you know, I have some challenges, but that doesn't mean that I'm not capable. And through, through getting into grad school and doing really well in my classes, um, I really learned to appreciate my own intelligence and what the air force set me up for was success for later in life well you can just hear the confidence that crystal has as a result of that and uh, i do want to make uh, poke a little fun maybe at at uh, some of your work in the air force because you were a weather forecaster in tucson arizona what, oh what, yeah what do you got to say other than it's another beautiful day in tucson yeah um uh, funny enough, I actually didn't do any forecasting for anywhere in Arizona. I was assigned to the Pacific Northwest, um, and I had an 11-state area that I supervised um, multiple forecasters below me. Um, and so we we did basically Washington and Oregon all the way across to um, the edge of Nebraska, like that whole northeast uh, northwestern side of the states. And so we did all the military bases and installations and all of that uh, for uh, Army and Air Force. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I have a friend who's a professional meteorologist, TV meteorologist here in the Metro Detroit area. It was also with the Air Force stationed at Hawaii. And I, uh, oh, cool. and I yeah, I joke with them all the time. It's going to be the best job in the Air Force. It's another beautiful day in Hawaii. But as you yeah. say, it's much it's much broader than where you're based and uh, interesting. Well, you've mm-hmm. had a, you, you got out and had a number of sort of stops along the way finding your passion and one of them though the current stop where the passion is is this veteran veterans program on urban agriculture tell us about tell us about this yeah so actually when i was in my grad program i met the uh, previous veterans program manager and we actually the reason why we met is that i was looking for um some Uh, food security for student veterans and I was at the time this uh, Mizzou Student Veterans Association president and was noticing um, through my work uh, as in the program in the student body program but then also my work as a work-study student within the um, you know veterans center on campus that a lot of veterans were food insecure um, they didn't and they didn't want to go to the resources that were available because you know that that like oh well somebody else needs it more than I do kind of attitude which is kind of typical for us we're kind of stubborn and uh, all of us military folks so I met with uh, Dustin Cook, who was my predecessor in this position, and we got to make a collaboration where the Veterans Urban Farm started bringing fresh produce to our um, uh, conference room or our our break room area in the the Veterans Center. And that's kind of where it all started. Dustin and I, uh, you know, from there, he kind of kept me informed of opportunities and education uh, in agriculture and I kept you know trying to collaborate with the student body and um, the community uh, resources in in Colombia and so 
once he decided he was moving on to his next uh, career, um, he hand selected me for this position and I jumped on it because it was, it couldn't have been more perfectly aligned. Like I, you know, if you believe in God, that was definitely, you know, there was some kind of magic happening in, in the world when this came into my lap. And so, yeah, the, I love, working with veterans. I worked with veterans all through my undergrad and graduate degree. I went into social work specifically to focus on veteran issues. And now here I am living my dream. Um, So, yeah, so um, I'm guessing you're going to want me to talk a little bit about the programs and I, I am, that we I, have. I'm going to slow you down. And you told me okay. I'm a chatter. You're going to really have to put a you know bridle on me. Um, okay. Okay. B- because there, this is where I think this idea is really interesting, and I think it can really expand. So you ran okay. you ran into this as food food insecurity for veterans. Many people may not know that most colleges have a uh, student veteran uh, association. And, mm-hmm. and that that's a national network really active yeah. for transitioning vets who do just what you did, which is, hey, I've now matured enough. Uh, I got the GI Bill. I'm going to go to college. But that's a hard mm-hmm. transition as well. So SVA is there to help with that. And it's that sort of where the connection becomes because you've got, you know, this opportunity or this problem uh, that exists for for a lot of folks that SVA could maybe assist with on food insecurity. You guys do it by growing fresh produce and making, I think I read 15,000 pounds of fresh produce available each year that gets yeah. donated to local veterans and, and families. How yeah. do you how do you produce that much? Where do you produce it? What, what, what kind of acreage is involved? Tell us about the program. Yeah, so um, the Veterans Urban Farm started four years ago um, and Dustin Cook, the guy I mentioned earlier, he's the one that kind of started it and launched it within uh, Columbia Center for Urban Agriculture. So the location was already and the existing um, headquarters for CCUA and they transformed it into the veteran program, the Veterans Urban Farm Program Um four years ago and it's 1.3 acres so it's not very big uh it's literally just on the north northern side of our downtown area um and we only use about i would say less than half of that acreage um to grow crop uh we do everything organically we don't use any fertilizers or anything like that we use all natural um ingredients for the soil you know bone meal and you know just all all of these natural um elements to um really maintain good soil health because that's where the magic happens um and then we we do crop rotations and we just we have a I have a co-manager who his name's Joe Walls. He is in charge of the crop planning uh, for the entire calendar year, and he's actually working on that right now um, at this time of the year to plan for 2024. So. We, we have a good idea of like everything that's going on in production throughout the year. Uh, and 
all, most of the work is done through our volunteers, actually. How, so how, many, have, how many, yeah, how many volunteers are involved? Yeah, I would say at the urban farm, we have uh, weekly volunteers. Uh, they come once a week at different times of the week. We probably have approximately 20 of those consistent volunteers that come once a week for a three-hour shift. And then we also um, make available group volunteer opportunities to any local organizations or you know, who businesses, whoever wants to come out and just give back. Um, we we have a volunteer coordinator that um, leads those initiatives, and then they come to the farm. I also sometimes reach out to people and and get the word out, and then that gets people coming uh, out to the farm. So we'll get you know groups from anywhere from four to twenty people coming out to the farm, and when you get twenty people coming out you can make some serious change really quickly. Um, And these these volunteers aren't all veterans, but veteran volunteers working outside in the soil is certainly something Mm -hmm. that I assume you promote and is therapeutic also, I suspect. Yes, yeah. So um, currently, I, I just took over the program in May this year. So currently, most of our volunteers are um civilians um some of them have relatives that are serving or have served but for the most part uh, a, a vast majority of our volunteers our weekly volunteers are not veterans however we do have um we are targeting veteran uh populations and trying to get more veterans to come out and par- participate as weekly volunteers um we have a volunteer shift currently that's on Tuesday evenings that has that, that I started once I got here at this position, and it's going really well. And yes, a hundred percent the the environment is very therapeutic, um, not just for the reasons of being outside on a farm and you know getting all this delicious food, but um, the people that work there and volunteer there. Everybody has a very open mind, very, you know, um, like a whole person concept, basically. Like we view every single individual that comes on the farm as a unique person that has uh, the opportunity to teach us new things. And so that's how we treat everybody is just there's a lot of love and support and care for everyone that comes on the farm. Well, I always think it's great when you do something with your hands and you feel like, okay, I just, I can look back and see what impact I actually had as compared to Mm -hmm. something that you don't know if you ever accomplished anything. But let's let's talk about the, you know, what type of uh, food uh, produce in this 15,000 pounds that are you uh, growing on an annual basis? Yeah, um, well, it's pretty cool because we have a lot of um, autonomy to to grow what we want and what works well. So, I mean, the farm's been producing for about four years, like I said. Um, so we kind of have some some data on like what what's working well, what doesn't work well. Uh, but a lot of the basics, a lot of the basics, so onion, garlic, tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, um, peppers of all kinds, uh, carrots, lettuce, 
mustard greens, collard greens, uh, kale, sweet potatoes, radishes, turnips, beets. I mean, really, just there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, that covers the the universe there. Yeah, we we grow a lot, and then we also have a peach tree that we dearly love because it has some fantastic peaches that grow off of it. And we just started an apple orchard about two years ago, so we're hoping that next year will be the first year that it's really producing a good amount of apples. So part of the program here, and we're talking to Crystal Wiggins, who's the Veterans Program Manager at the Columbia Center for Urban Agriculture's Veterans Urban Farm. That's the last time I'm saying it. It's way too long. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's too long for me too. <laughs> but but this all really kind of started in your mind. Um, the connect connecting some lines and dots was sort of food insecurity that veterans were experiencing as part of being uh, students. How is the distribution of this food handled, and and are you able to? have an impact on that original concern um yeah so we we take the food uh to currently right now what we do is we take it to three locations we take food to the va here in town the truman va we have a weekly um on thursdays from 10 to noon we have a food market basically a free donation food market where families veterans and families can come and get what they want and leave donations if they can um and then inside of the va we have partnered with the va here and uh we have a refrigerator that we also can go take stuff inside and leave produce at the fridge um, for people to be able to gather items uh, at their leisure. And then, so that's our first location, which is the Truman VA here in, in Columbia. And then the second location is Welcome Home, which is a, a homeless um, shelter here in town for specifically for veterans. And we, we've been doing that with them pretty much since conception of this uh, idea. And then uh, the third and final place that we are currently giving is directly to the Mizzou Student Veterans Association at on campus. So that's what we're doing right now. We, we have a few other uh, locations that we're thinking about brown, branching out to uh, next year, which is really exciting. But since that's not like official yet, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I yeah, don't, don't want to say anything don't, yet. Don't but, jinx it. Don't jinx it. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna jinx it. I don't imagine mo- many people turning away free produce. But well, um, I, I want to. You, know. you know, as the time runs short here, I want to challenge our listeners who are maybe affiliated with veteran service organizations or SVA at different college campuses to think about how this concept might spread around the country. We have so many VSO posts with with a lot of land uh, that Mm -hmm. may not be being put to use other than to cut the grass. And this idea of getting veterans of all ages involved in some farming uh, to make food available to uh, folks at the VA, uh, great idea. 
great mm-hmm. partnership uh, veteran homeless shelters fantastic idea and and uh, student veteran associations uh, put it on the table and uh, college kids will show up and take food um, yeah these these are ideas that it you know this isn't rocket science um, this could really spread quite far and wide, I think. Is is there an effort? To, maybe I just don't know about it. Is there an effort out there to do this? Well, uh, myself and, and Dustin uh, Cook, we've both been very much actively uh, reaching out to other organizations, to other, uh, to other VAs, to other campuses, and are telling them about what we're doing. And we've had other, some people come directly to us and asking for more information on, hey, how do we do this? How do we get started? Um, what did y'all do? How's this work? Yada, yada. And so certainly there are, uh, I know that before I came into the picture, Dustin already had about four different um, locations in the U.S. and other states that are actively looking into doing something similar. Um, And that is something that I'm carrying the baton with. I want to, I want us at the Veterans Urban Farm here in Columbia to be a, a point of contact for people that are wanting to get veterans more involved in agriculture. Um, you know, I, I have contacts with the USDA, with Agribility, with um, several different organizations that are also looking to teach veterans more about agriculture and farming because we are actually a really good uh, population uh, people separating from the military. We, we have a lot of the skills and experience and, and just like the the grittiness i guess to to do farm work and so and it and it has been shown that it is in fact a therapeutic uh workplace environment for a lot of veterans so we we are actively uh putting together even more than what we're doing so like we've just been talking about farming but part of me getting hired on was the social work aspect and so a big part of what I'm doing next year in 2024 is expanding what we do at the farm to be um, also a lot more veteran outreach in the community so more events uh, more classes and training opportunities for you know anything that you could relate to agriculture uh so canning and preserving um how to use medicinal herbs how to cook all of these things are all related to self-sufficiency to having a sense of of purpose and meaning with like having a community and a support network um and that's what we really really are looking forward to is creating a space that is known and loved by the community of veterans here in town and in in mid-Missouri in general, because that's what we all need as community. This is a great concept. I challenge uh, VFW, VVA, PVA, DVA 
to DAV to get out and think outside their box of what they're doing currently and think about these aren't victory gardens. If you're old enough, you know what that is. These are veteran gardens. Could you do something mm-hmm. in your already existing space that allowed you at the end of the harvest season to be donating food at the at the VA to veteran groups, to student veterans? Um, this yeah. is a great idea. We look forward to it expanding, Crystal. And uh, I think we need to talk to you about a year from now about all the expansions that you have in mind. But thank you yeah. for spending time with veterans radio today oh yeah i really appreciate you having me on and if anybody has any questions uh please send them my way do you want to give an uh, email address out for you or the, yeah, web, or yeah, the website my, my yeah my email is crystal c-r-y-s-t-a-l at columbia urban ag dot o-r-g Okay. We are glad to have you on. Thanks again for the time today. Thank you, Jim. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fawson. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or legalhelpforveterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and internet radio shows by visiting us at veteransradio.org. That's veteransradio.org. And until next time, you are dismissed. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, NVBDC.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan, VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor, and the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time, you are dismissed.